Today's episode is brought to you by Madison Reed. Madison Reed is salon quality hair color with an authentic personal touch. Made with ingredients you can feel good about, Madison Reed is the first ever six free permanent hair color, free of ammonia, parabens, resorcinol, PPD, phthalates, and gluten. Try it. Love it. Your satisfaction and happiness are guaranteed. That's the beauty of Madison Reed. Find your perfect shade at madison-reed.com. That's R-E-E-D. And get 10% off plus free shipping on your first color kit with code BOOKRIOT. Again, that's madison-reed.com and get 10% off plus free shipping with the code BOOKRIOT. This is the Book Riot Podcast, a weekly news and talk show about what's new, cool, and worth talking about in the world of books and reading. This is episode 188. We're recording on Thursday, December 15th. I'm Jeff O'Neill. I'm here with Rebecca Shinsky, and we're coming to you from bookriot.com. Hello, hello. Snowed in today. Snow day. My kids are sleeping upstairs while I do this, so it's, 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 like, a, it's like recording with a, a landmine. I'm having a, I'm having a snow day in my soul today. Yeah, yeah. Kind of, kind of, one, of, those, kind of one of those deals. Um, I've got two quick follow-up things. They're not in the show notes. <laughs> of course. Um, that, of course they aren't. Uh, and actually, these are both come from Michelle, both, both notes from Michelle, and they're for me, not you. So <laughs> as, as you're, I know you're not surprised by that. Uh, the right. first one is we, we were talking about the sales job last time, mm-hmm. and we said that you could live in Oregon, Virginia, Wisconsin, Kansas, New York, British Pennsylvania, Columbia. British Columbia, and that is you need to do the job living in one of those states. But if you could move there, you don't have to be there already. Yes, she thought that wasn't clear, which uh, that's an excellent point. That means if you're willing to move to one of those states, and it could be anywhere in that state, you don't have to. You know, this is a mostly a, a virtual. Uh, or a virtual office situation, but for crazy business reasons that make us both kind of Republicans when it comes to small business regulation, we were just talking about this actually. Um, this is one of the ones because we we just can't hire anyone higgledy piggledy all over the place. But you get you get a you get a, you get a sub some choice you know some choice. It's like a small buffet. It's not like the full spread, but it's like a small buffet. The other thing too, this is from a while ago when I was recommending James Bond novels. We were talking about that recently. I don't even know oh, yeah, when it yeah. was. Yeah, it was a couple weeks ago. And she said, I, she said that she didn't think it was responsible to recommend the books without the reminder that the misogyny is profligate and serious throughout. So mm-hmm. I don't know. That's not really a trigger warning necessarily because it's not a trigger situation. But like, I kind of forget to mention that because I'm also a, I'm a dude, but also I assume people know that about James Bond, I guess. Uh-huh. Like, go in with your, your eyes open. That's what's going on. So... Because I said it's a good kind of relaxing read, forgettable, or not forgettable, but easy read. But, but, <laughs> but maybe not if your feminist rage is at eleven. Yeah, yeah. If that's if if it really is going to ruin it for you, which it very well may be, and understandably so. I'm not saying that you're wrong to have your James Bond ruined because basically they're sexist pigs. I'm just saying go into that with that. Um, knowledge, right? That that's something you're going to encounter. So, we need Michelle we to be our producer. Like if we had a studio where we were together, <laughs> Michelle would be on the other side of the window, like just holding notes. up like a red flag, just like, <laughs> right. Jeff, nope, nope. Dial it back. <laughs> we have our Jeff no emoji on our Slack mm-hmm. and it's just that in real life. Th- that's, that's, that's mostly in good fun. This is, this is not in good. This is serious <laughs> right, this business. Is serious. This is serious business. So, good notes, uh, Michelle. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks, Michelle. Um, making me look um, both good and bad simultaneously, right? That I, that I made the emendation, but that I had made the mistakes in the first place. So there you go. Let's do our first sponsor, sponsor for getting the show here uh, too deep. It's Audible is back. Uh, as you know, Audible is the leading purveyor of audiobooks and audio content 
So you get audiobooks, and you know you know the story. There's a million of them. It's a growing part of the market. People are finding them more and more. People are listening to them every day. But also you can get you know audio content like we had Ashley Ford on, who has a podcast called Authorized. Um, that's interviews with authors, broadcasters, entertainers, magazines, and newspapers also put some of their stuff in audio form on Audible, and you can find it all on Audible. Their app is free, works with virtually any device you can still use, um, and you can download your file. So unlike a streaming or rental service, those files are your own books. Even if you cancel your membership or whatever, you can have those phones on your, you listen to on your smartphone for as long as Audible is really around. Great listen guarantee. Decide you don't like the book you chose. Don't worry. Send it back. You know, go, 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 go forth and be merry. And you can exchange any book you aren't happy with for another title anytime. No questions asked. Super easy to do. Just for our listeners, Audible is offering a free 30-day trial membership. Go to audible.com slash bookriot today to start your free trial. Supports the show. Let them know you came from us. They can buy more ads. We can talk nonsense, and I can <laughs> recommend misogynist books to you. Um, we were talking uh, off. Well, no, we were we were we were talking off the show. Are we going to have Kahneman Tversky feelings? Well, I'm still I'm still halfway through, so I, can't, I they haven't even met yet. Okay. So I'm re- I'm listening to the Undoing Project by Michael Lewis, which is about uh, Daniel Kahneman and Amos Tversky's great sort of behavioral. It's not just economics, but choice, choice theory, behavioral psychology. Yeah, I guess cognitive is, psychology. Cognitive psychology. Um, really, I'm, I'm. They're just sort of getting out of the Israeli army on Tversky's side. Like that's a crazy. They both have crazy stories. Really um, remarkable lives. Coming out of World War II, they were both kids during World War II and both had their own experiences. Jews during World War II, like hiding from Nazis and fighting in the Israeli army in the Sinai War after. Uh, after World War II for Tversky. So there's all kinds of amazing stuff. And then just having really groundbreaking, earth-shifting ideas about things. Yeah. You know, I've gone through several candidates for World's Most Interesting Man this year. I've had um, Mm -hmm. Oliver Sacks, you know, I mentioned on the Mm -hmm. move when I was listening to that. I had uh, John Le Carre, The Pigeon Tunnel. Amos Tversky. Yep. I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's a three it's a three headed cerebrus dog of competition for that particular title. But man, is it good! Dude and is Lewis a contender. Is, the dude is a contender, and Lewis is so good at what he oh, does. I mean, he's he just is. so good at what he it's does. so elegant. You know, I think this this book has a lot in common with Moneyball because the ideas in both are pretty heady and yes. like very mathy and not things that most people interact with on a daily basis. And Lewis does such a good job of boiling it down to the heart of the idea and what was groundbreaking about it and also explaining it in real people words mm-hmm. uh, which i think is really fascinating like i know so many people who have started and dnf'd thinking fast and slow because it is yes. re- it's just so information dense um that you can kind of get the cliff's notes of thinking fast and slow and what kahneman and tversky discovered together and really how meaningful it was through the undoing project and if that doesn't compel you to go back to thinking fast and slow yes. i don't know what would man i finished it last week and through the whole thing i was just like Bob, listen to this. Bob, listen to this. Like, and it is kind of, I know you said you saw Lewis give an interview where he says uh-huh. it's kind of a love story between the two of them. Like their intellectual partnership is just so inspiring and really fascinating. I can't wait for you to finish it. Yes, I'm so excited. And um, maybe one day if my kids ever go back to school, I just now, literally right now, got the text message that the school is closed tomorrow too. So if I'm sobbing openly into the microphone, <laughs> oh, 
that um, that's why. Well, so anyway, am, that's audible.com. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you had I a have pick. a quick We're, shout out for yeah, one quick, too. Quick I mentioned yeah. last week I had just started it. Now I'm almost finished with In the Country We Love by Dan yeah. Gor- uh, Guerrero. And uh, that was one of Book Riot's best books of 2016. I'm so glad that I didn't sleep on this any longer. It's really wonderful. Um, not, you know, happy all the time. She tells the story. Her parents were undocumented immigrants who uh, were deported when she was a teenager. And she uh, was born in the U.S. and so uh, is a citizen and is telling the story about uh, her life growing up and then the like the ever-present fear that something would happen to her parents and then what happened when something did happen to her parents and all of the things that she struggled through after that. Um, on her way to becoming, now she is a successful actress. It's one of those memoirs that uh, sort of scoots along and then hits you in the face with a revelation about mm. um, an experience that she had. And I, I'm really enjoying it and I'm very impressed. Yeah, great. Okay, so it's audible.com slash book right. Go get yourself a free trial. Okay, uh, this first story comes from a listener. Um, I'm, I am like maybe still crying about this a little bit. Uh, <laughs> so this is from uh, Laura Sook Duncombe. I hope we got your name right, Laura. Um, she's starting a new, uh, she wants, it's not a n- nonprofit yet. Um, she's trying to get it to be a nonprofit. It's called Books Banish Bullying. And it's basically a grassroots effort to donate books to kids, you know, local libraries that are about being a, you know, respectful, empathetic person, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, to, uh... And she has a book list that she's put together. And I think she's got some recommendations there under virtual, you know, uh, several hair, several headings, caring for each other, books featuring non-white Marian characters, world books on the subject of diversity, caring for earth, uh, books about environmental issues, caring for ourselves, books about self-esteem, self-acceptance, creativity, and basically making an easy list about books, uh, of books that you could donate in good conscience to a local organization that could use them, especially around kids. Mm-hmm. The idea being, it matters. You know, we we kind of talk around this, right? It either matters or it doesn't, what kind of books you read as a kid, or at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it does matter, then this is a kind of advocacy. Um, and she she says she, you know, this is, I think, a response to our political moment, too. It's like one way she can get involved and do something simple and local in her own way, but maybe also extensible to other people. Yeah. And right now she's uh, she lives in Virginia. So fellow Virginian, yeah. woohoo. Uh, and is this is largely in the South, but she's attempting to reach as many states as possible and get these books into underfunded libraries and elementary schools, um, which I think is also, uh, you know, we talk about it mattering. Um, and we often talk about it mattering that all kids can see characters who look like them and who share their heritage and their lives and their experiences on the page. Page. But it also matters that kids can read stories about kids who don't look like them and you know, mm-hmm. begin to understand how rich and diverse the world is. And so she's uh, that's part of her mission here, too, is to to ring both of those bells um, and to get books that, like she's saying uh, here, are featuring non-white main characters. And we know that those books are hard to find, first of all, from the studies yes, that we see right, about how right. few books each year are published that are by or about people of color for children. Uh, so this is connected to a bunch of things that we think are really important. And it's um, awesome to have heard from a Book Riot reader and listener who's doing this. So good job, uh, Laura. And if you want to check this out or support it in any way, maybe you know something about getting a 501 C3 setup. Uh, you can check out booksbanishbullying.com and we'll have a link in the show notes. Yeah, four, four quick things she says, you know, buy the book, some books and go into your library near you. Or if you don't have a library or, you know, it's hard for you, buy a book from their Amazon wish list and they'll donate it. Or you can donate directly via PayPal to help buy books, shipping the books to libraries. So um, you, can, you can choose your level of involvement, you know, of getting 
books that um, are going to make the world a better place uh, if kids read them. So thanks, Laura, for doing that. Thanks for passing along to us. Uh, good luck. Let us know how it goes. Um, there'll be a link in the show notes, too. Okay. Um, let's talk about a little news on our side. So the Book Riot 2017 Read Harder Challenge, we don't really talk about this much on the show, uh, only when it comes out. I, I wonder if you are out there, uh, a podcast listener that are, have done the Read Harder Challenge before or ha- are doing it right now, let us know. I'm just curious what the crossover. But um, why don't you t- you want to tell people what the Read Harder Challenge is? What's behind? You know why yeah. it got started? What's going on? So with that? this is one of those things that began as a sort of happy accident for Book Riot several years ago. Yeah. Um, Rachel Manuel, who's one of our OG contributors, decided that she would come up with a list of 24 tasks to help people read harder. I think the first one was in 2014. 2014 oh, I, or well, 2015. Maybe. Yeah, I'm not sure. A couple a, years. Yeah, yeah, a couple years ago. Um, and so it was, you know, intended to expand everyone's reading life. So it was stuff like, uh, you know, read a book uh, by an author who's not from the country that you grew up in. I don't know if that's one of the items from the first list, mm-hmm. but you get the I idea. Yeah, you get the idea. Um, so she did this as a suggestion of like, what are 24 sort of widely applicable tasks that just about anybody could complete um, where you're not tied to certain titles? You get to choose the book that satisfies each each task for you. Um, and you're only really accountable to yourself, but if you're on a mission to expand your reading life and to read more diversely and inclusively, here are some ways that you could do it. So she wrote a post, she put these tasks in, it became this thing. It's a Um, thing. That was one of the most popular posts of the year in its year. And so she brought it back, uh, in 20, 15 and then she brought it back in 2016 and it's been it's just been huge we developed a goodreads group around Mm -hmm. it uh in this past year that has thousands of members um people talking to each other to recommend books for each title and so we're gonna do it again she came up with another amazing list for 2017 of again 24 tasks so uh two books a month or if you want to get creative you know like some of these tasks are read a book about sports read a debut novel so you could read Mm -hmm. a Mm-hmm. novel about sports and have rung two bells with one book um, right so but a debut novel about soccer in south america right and you can do three so i'm going to read the there's 24 i'll read them real quick okay. just so people can get a sense of what they all are together um read a book about sports read a debut novel read a book about books read a book set in central or south america written by a central or south american author Read a book by an immigrant or with a central immigration narrative. Read an all-ages comic. Read a book published between 1900 and 1950. Read a travel memoir. Read a book you've never read before. Read a book that is set within 100 miles of your location. Read a book that is set more than 5,000 miles from your location. Read a fantasy novel. Read a nonfiction book about technology. Uh, Read a book about war. Read a YA or middle-grade novel by an author who identifies as LBGTQ+. Read a book that has been banned or frequently challenged in your country. Read a classic by an author of color. Read a superhero comic with a female lead. Now, we also got some recs from Friends of the Site. Oh, yeah, that's new this year. Yeah, that's, which is new this year. So uh, not recs, but um, challenge points. So these next, the last four are six. from uh, – a uh, six, excuse me – are from outside people. Uh, read a book in which the character of color goes on a spiritual journey. That's from DJ Older. Um, read a LBGTQ plus romance novel from Sarah McLean. Uh, that was her rec, uh, her, uh, her challenge. Read a book published by a micropress. That was from Roxanne Gay. That's what she uh, is trying pe- to get people to do. Read a collection of stories by a woman. That's from Celeste Ang. Uh, read a collection of poetry and translation on a theme other than love, which I thought was so great, um, by Ozma, um, 
Zahanat Khan. And, no more Neruda for you. <laughs> yeah, no, no more Neruda. And read a book wherein all point of view characters are people of color, which is a super interesting one, um, from Jacqueline Koyanagi. She wrote the sci-fi novel Ascension, which I've been meaning to get to to ever, mm-hmm. and I think I think this is finally going to remind me to do it. So that's the list. Um, which one would be hard for you? Did you have you looked at this? Oh, have you thought about this? We, I... I don't think either of us have done the challenge. I, in full disclosure, I haven't done it. Uh, myself. Yeah. One year I did it accidentally. Like I went yeah. through it at the end of the year and was like, oh, I've done these things. Mm-hmm. Um, which one would be hardest for me this year? Interesting. Um, I think, well, you know, I think read a classic by an author of color because there are so few of mm-hmm. those. And I feel like I would have to do some research yep. to locate one that did not come up in my education or reading life mm-hmm. already. Right. I guess you can do you can double team with number nine, read a book you've read before, right? So there's a there's a reread yeah, square. That's you true. Can hit. Okay. Yeah, you could. But that um, kind of seems like it to that particular combination feels like it violates the spirit. Oh the spirit, the letter, but not the spirit mm-hmm. of the challenge. Yeah. I think um since I just don't read YA or middle grade really, those anything related to those are tough mm-hmm. for me. I think micropress is tough just by by the nature of the beast. Right. Um and micropress micropress Tell me if my understanding of this is aligns with yours. I mean, there's no, there's no law about what is a micro press versus a small press. But like, so small beer or two dollar radio, those are small presses, right? Would you say that's yes? And a micro press is like one or two people, like out of their house kind of deal. Yeah, I I guess so. What's your understanding then? You didn't seem to approve of my definition. Well, What's your I guess definition? I guess I hadn't thought about it being. Like exactly how small, but yeah, I guess anything from except like, that the size is in the name, except yeah. that the, ex- that yeah, okay, right. Like it's tinier than a. It feels it feels like I would know it when I saw it. Yeah, <laughs> like like a nano press is us. Like we have one right, ebook, right? Like certain, <laughs> yeah. Right, like certainly two people operating out of their garage would be a micro press, mm-hmm. but maybe something a little bigger than that. That's not quite an actual press press. Yeah, I don't, right. I don't know. These terms are confusing. Um, that seems to be the one that the, the challenge was just announced today on the day that we're recording the show. Uh, and people have been asking some questions about like, how do I find books by micro presses? What mm-hmm. do I do? And we have a list forthcoming on the site. Um, and we do a lot of content around this throughout the course of the year. Plus the Goodreads group is an incredible resource. Yeah. There's a link to the Goodreads group in this read harder challenge post. So check out the show notes and and you'll be able to navigate your way to everything, but you won't be stuck like just Googling what is a micropress, what is a yeah, book by a micropress. Right. We're going to give you book suggestions uh, throughout the course of the year uh, to generally to help speaking. You do this. If you unless you live in like New York, um, a local press will probably count as a micropress. Like, oh, go that's to your a good independent bookstore yeah. and see what's published by local presses. And dollars to donuts. Uh, uh, you're going to find a micropress. You know, that I just realized that dollars to donuts term was probably from a time when a dollar would buy you more than one donut. Mm. Anyway, we have to, you know, some, is something else. Is that the good something. old days that everyone's yearning for? It sounds pretty good. I it like a donut. sounds pretty good. I do. Yeah, it sounds pretty good. Um, uh, I, anyway. Yeah, before we move on, I just want to say, if, you're, if you have been doing the 2016 challenge and you're working to complete it, if you complete it by December 31st, oh, yeah. you can email readharder at bookriot.com with your completed form uh, mm-hmm. or tell us you know which, one, which books you read for each uh, challenge task and you'll get a 30% discount on one purchase in the Book Riot store. That same thing will hold for when you start completing the 2017 one. And um, just, I know some of you, some of us 
have a bit of a, you know, achievement, want to get an A uh-huh. on everything. So I will just give a blanket uh, notice here. If you're not sure that a book you're looking at... It counts. Is, ca- yeah, counts. It definitely counts. The spirit yeah. of this thing is for you to expand your reading life. So if you're holding something that you wouldn't have otherwise read, that you're thinking like, maybe this is a nonfiction mm-hmm. book about technology. Like maybe it's a nonfiction book about video games. Right. And you're like, is this technically about technology? You don't need to email us for permission. If that book is going to stretch you beyond your comfort yes. zone, it totally counts. Roll on. Yep. Ty goes to the reader. Yep. Ty goes to the reader here. Um, anything else to say? About, oh, there is a, um, and I'm going to put a link in the show notes to the post where you can find it, but there's also a downloadable, editable PDF that our designer, Scott, put together. So you can download the PDF using your iPad. You can, you know, fill in what you use, you know, what um, mm-hmm. books you read, use a checkbox, whatever else you want to do with it. And also, we already got a question about this. We get this every year. Disseminate it everywhere. Oh, Print yeah. it, make posters out of it, um, you know, use it. Make a stack Wherever of them and put is. them in your library or your classroom. Yeah, yeah. You can use this however you want. Yeah, make a bullet journal for yourself with so it. Smart. Uh, you know, I'm not even. I don't even know what that is. I'm just saying <laughs> just, words. Just say words. Yeah. Now. It felt like it felt right. It felt good. I was it like, felt good. oh, Jeff, that's a great idea. Yeah. Well, you know, sometimes if you just say stuff, if you would say enough things, every <laughs> once in a while something comes out and makes sense. Uh, it's a uh, cognitive mad libs. Um, anyway, so yeah, that's the read harder challenge, and you get a year to do mm-hmm. it. Um, and we're working on some other stuff related to this. Now, I'll, I'll say no more. There might yeah. be some other 2017 Read Harder Challenge related stuff we're working on. I can do. I can say that, right? I, I better. Yeah, I no, just yeah, did. yeah. You can. We don't have, to, we don't have Kyle that. go edit that out. We we're to, in uh, charge. We can decide what we say. Ty goes to the Ty, Ty, Ty goes to the podcaster. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's see. Where now? I guess we're. Are we into real news yet? Where are we? With I this? guess we kind of are into real news. I want to yeah. give. We give a shout out every year, so I want yes. to give the shout out again. David Gutowski, who runs the blog Large Hearted Boy, largeheartedboy.com, every year aggregates all of the best books of the year lists from all over the that internet. That he can and, find anything he yeah. finds. Yeah. And I mean all over, like. The list is enormous right now because we're almost to the end of the year. He starts accruing them in, I think, about October when they start rolling out. Yeah, but like we said, got, that Publishers Weekly is that first one, October yeah, 31st. You've got like the usual suspects are on here. So like the link to all the different school library journal best of lists and the links to all the different Publishers Weekly best of lists. But there are all sorts of smaller websites and blogs and publications that you, I guarantee you, there are some on this list that you have never heard of um, that are listed. There are lists own. on this site uh, on Book Riot that I didn't know we had run yeah. like there's book right best comic covers i think it came right. out today and i hadn't seen it yet and i'm just right. looking at it I was like wait we ran that there are five book right lists alone on this yeah so we've got what best books best comic covers best comics yeah. comic artists and favorite literary ted talks and i'm sure in the next two weeks there will be more best of somethings yeah uh, coming out there's a bunch of book list ones if you i don't know want to go on like a million tab internet browser bonanza oh. Oh, you yeah. could you could really have some fun uh looking at all the titles and some of these are you know broad lists like the ones that we've been listing, but some get more specific, best foreign affairs books, uh, best architecture books, best vegan cookbooks, you know, so he's not just looking for general book stuff. There's both top geology books and top historical geology books. (sighs) I mean, but I don't know much about geology, but... Aren't they all kind of historical? I don't I know. Thought, I'm just, so, well, I don't know. Yeah, I guess presumably we're learning new things about, yeah, but it's guess, all new things about old stuff. Yeah, we're I, guess, I guess lava now. is a contemporary geology, like lava, right? I don't sure, know. I, I don't know enough about it. 
uh, anyway, but you can go go take a look. Yeah, um, a lot of great sites. Really also, a good way to, to find new sites to follow. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of stuff. I um, I was just clicking around before the show. I was like, oh, this is an interesting one. This is an, oh, oh, look at this, interesting too. Um, but Dave has been doing this for a while, and you can also not only see this year's list, but he also has links to past years giant omnibus lists of um, books. And he also does music, which is a different tab. But if you're into music as well, um, Dave is a great uh, music so fan So it's supporter. just every year it boggles my mind how many there are and how many he's able to find. Yeah. And Dave had some health problems this year, and we're glad to see him back in action. Yes. Um, I know he's doing better. So I, that's what I've heard. So thanks, Dave. And um, we're glad you're feeling better. So that's um, Large Hearted Boy, which is a good follow on Twitter or you know mm-hmm. wherever else you might Facebook, get. Um, yeah. Facebook, especially, especially for literary fiction. Another long-running... Um, feature he's been doing. I can't actually remember the name of the feature right now, where basically authors create a playlist. Oh, is it book notes? Book is that what it is? Yeah, it must be. It must be. I'm looking. I'm clicking the tab right now to make sure. Yes. Um, so you know, and especially now we have Spotify. You can embed the playlist right there, and they talk about why they pick the books, and that's always an interesting one too. Mm-hmm. Especially if it's a book or author you're you like. Um, I think it's a little trickier with an author you don't know. It's like, why do I care about a book you haven't read? Why do I care about these five random songs about nothing I know? But I find, especially if it's a book I like or, or an author I'm interested in, um, it's, it's, it's pretty fun to check those out. So that's another good feature that, that uh, Dave does. All right. Cool. Wanna... All right. I guess we're doing – this is like we got some more year-end stuff. Let's just mm-hmm. all put, in a, put yeah, a little we'll segment here. Yeah, we'll just roll here. through. Yeah. Uh, where do you want to go next with this? So maybe Audible? Audible, yeah. Okay. What's going on with Audible? So we uh, we got – unfortunately, we don't have a URL for this one. It was in a press release. <laughs> I guess this information might make its way to the internet sooner or later. <laughs> it's like it's in a it's in a, it's in in a a Microsoft <laughs> Word document. That's how we're yeah, looking at I this am, right now. Like you, my response to these is usually like, do you have this on the internet? <laughs> <laughs> and, and the text is hyperlinked. Yeah. So, yeah, that's I mean, crazy. Now, we don't, beyond the format complaints, uh, this is sort of end of the year stuff from Audible. So mm-hmm. um, it includes the highest rated audiobooks of 2016. Uh, and it's a really, really interesting list. Mm-hmm. Um, at this, so these are ratings as of December 1st. Um, do you want to guess about the number one rated new audiobook? Oh, I'm 20- looking at it. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. That's fine. Yeah, I already looked at it because um, uh, Rachel Smolter Hall, mm-hmm. which um, she writes our audiobooks newsletter and a lot of our audiobooks content, she passed this on to us. So I, I'd looked at it before then. So I can't. I should have said no looking. Yeah, uh, I, sh- I should. Someday too. I will find a thing to put you on the hot seat. <laughs> <laughs> See, that my my strategy is always to click the link first. I, I can't do it, Rebecca. I already saw. I'm sorry. I, uh, I can't humiliate myself. I've already seen the link. <laughs> Or someday anyway. I'll lie and say, no, I haven't seen that. Sure, shoot me. Yeah, Boom, I magically just guessed all 20 yeah. of them accurately. In the right order. Yeah. Auto-magically. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we'll just share some of these then, yes. yeah, since right. I'm not going to get to embarrass you with this I guess this so, today. surprises. Surprises? Yeah. Well, so the number one is Born a Crime by yeah. Trevor Noah, um, which he narrates. I knew the book was getting great reviews. Liberty talked about really liking it. I'm surprised, I guess, that it's number one, but that's kind of great. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of these are... Books that I hadn't heard of. So yeah. um, highest rated new audiobooks does not seem to have a lot of overlap with like the most popular books on Amazon this year in print. No. Um, interesting. You killing, know, audio. killing Bill O'Reilly. No, that's not it. <laughs> killing the Rising Sun by Bill O'Reilly. I, we should write Killing Bill O'Reilly. We should get like a Chuck Tingle. Did you? Oh, my God. 
to write Killing Bill Riley. <laughs> there would be way too many butts for anyone's yeah, comfort level many. in that yeah. book. Yeah, that's uh, true. Did you see the thing earlier this week? I was like browsing catalogs and I saw that Bill O'Reilly and James Patterson have written a book together. And I was like, my head Called is... Called ex- not, not Killing... Totally not killing Stephen King. <laughs> <I> guess not. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a children's book about the, the value of the word please. Uh, but okay. I'm just like, how did this happen? <laughs> I don't know. It feels like the end know. of the publishing vortex. Anyway, yeah, back, to, right. yeah. back to Audible. Uh, Tandy Newton reading Jane Eyre. That was number nine. Yeah. Um, that sounds awesome. Uh, let's see. Hillary's America. Tattered I guess Remnants. Small Great Things by Jody Picot is uh-huh. one I'm not surprised to see on there. Narrated yeah. by Audrey McDonald, Cassandra Campbell, and uh, Ari mm. Filiakos. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I don't know. Yeah, I guess, since it's highest rated, That's it has at least 500 as... ratings and yeah. 150 reviews. So there is, I would, I wonder if we did, um, we were do, we were talking about statistical analysis yesterday. I wonder if it helps you to not be super popular, mm. right? Well, because it says down here the most, the best selling audiobook of the year. No surprise is Girl on the Train, right? And yet it doesn't show up here right because presumably the more popular you are yeah. and the bigger, bigger sample set you have just the more you're going to regress to the mean for right well i ratings. would think that the the kinds of books that maybe the authors have a small but loyal following mm-hmm. you'd have an advantage here right because you're not going to get a bunch of one stars from people who don't know, right. you know don't know who you are alternately if you are if you have a large following and the yeah. audiobook is excellent just yeah, like exceedingly, right. overwhelmingly beloved, then right. you'd be good. Well, like one example of that might be Jane Eyre by Charlotte Bronte, mm-hmm. narrated by Thandie Newton. So like what that has is it has the name recognition of Jane Eyre with a nice narration part. Mm-hmm. Well, so and that's Tandy gonna... Newton is having a moment because of yes. Westworld. Like she's Tandy, of... is that how you say that, Tandy? I have always heard it as Tandy, but the okay. internet can correct me. Yeah, let us know. Actually, don't. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Like, oh, uh, the Gary Vaynerchuk's Ask Gary V. Great example. Right, that's one mm-hmm. where a lot of name recognition. You're probably not going to stumble onto that randomly. So these other ones, like the Purloined Poodle by Kevin Hearn, the Silver Thief. I'm going to listen to the Purloined Poodle. The let Beast, me tell you, Hillary's America by Dinesh D'Souza, Tattered Remnants, Empire of Storms by Sarah J. Moss. That one I've heard of. Small Great Things. Yeah. Before. Band of Mourning by Brandon Sanderson. Another good example. A fantasy writer. Um, a lot of genre. So you know, that's. I'm not sure what to do with that. Um, mm-hmm. I guess Trevor Noah. That's a fairly big name, and it's number one. And the book is doing well. Yeah, it is doing well. It's selling very well. Um, Um, Sarah Sarah Moss has two books on here. mm -hmm. She does. And I just did the numbers. We haven't released the results yet, but I just crunched the numbers for the reader's Mm -hmm. vote for best books of the the year so far. And Sarah Moss was um, definitely on that list, Is that right? Lots of love for her. Mm -hmm. Wow. I'm I'm surprised, and that shows my... um, uh, or, my ignorance. Actually, I don't know if she was in the final list, but she had lots of votes. Lots of oh, votes. I'm not yeah. sure she made the final cut. But uh, we, I think more interesting was some of these other stats they gave us. Yeah. Do you wanna, yeah tell, tell me what right. you thought was interesting. So there. Audible members globally listened to an average of 17 audiobooks in 2016. So I guess about one and a half per month. Yeah. Uh, Audible members around the world will listen to 2 billion hours of Audible content this year, which is up from 1 billion in 2014. So they will have doubled Mm -hmm. the consumption of their content in two years, which Mm. 
is incredible. Also, two billion hours is a lot of hours. It's a lot of hours. And this does seem to support the other things that we've been hearing and reading about um, audiobook growth, that their segment of the reading population and the media consumption population is still relatively small. Only, what, like 16%? Of... Yeah, 14 or 16, I think, was the yeah. number from Pew we, we read about. Right, yeah. yeah. I had listened to an audiobook in the last year, but those those uh, audiobook existing audiobook users are going deeper and deeper into their audiobook. Used I think that, that jives, as we said, with our own experience, mm-hmm. um, you know, just anecdotally. Yeah, um, best children's audio, best selling children's audiobook of the year was Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, mm-hmm. narrated by Jim Dale. It's going to be listen, hard Dale. to beat that. Hard to beat that. You're going to listen to that? Yeah, I, th- I, 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 Michelle and I downloaded a million years ago, um, and I just haven't got around to it. Maybe the winter time. Maybe yeah. I can use it to soothe my savage children when it's two o'clock tomorrow and we haven't been out of the house all day. <laughs> I think I just assumed that you already had. Uh, yeah, like- no. A Power of Habit was the best-selling nonfiction audiobook of the year by Charles mm-hmm. Duhigg, oh, which I think we one. both listened to. Mm-hmm. Um, which was interesting to see. Uh, yeah. Oh, um, uh, no, no surprise. I, I don't think the most common time that Audible members listened to audiobooks in 2016 was while commuting. Mm-hmm. On weekends, the most common time was in the evening. Oh. Um, Audible, lis- Audible members listened to 30% more audio content on weekdays than on weekends. I'm presuming they adjusted for that there are more weekdays in a week than weekends. That doesn't say here, but I'm assuming <laughs> on a on a daily basis, not just sort of that there are five weekdays and two weekends. As you can tell, I've been thinking about <laughs> statistics over the last two days and confounding <laughs> factors and controlling for variables. This podcast is getting even nerdier than it, you it, thought, it, folks. Yeah, it's, it's, it, there's just, it's nerds all the way down. Um, <laughs> let's see. Da, 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 da. 17, no, no, no. Yeah, it's interesting. More than half of new Audible members are first-time audiobook buyers. I guess that makes sense mm-hmm. um, well, and because there, are... there aren't that many. I mean, Audible's a dominant player. Like, let's not, let's not make any bones about it. Like, sure. There's no Pepsi to their Coke, really. Like, who's well, the number two? It's, like, yeah, it's, a, it, it's, 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 it's absurd. It doesn't say that they're new audiobook listeners. So some of them might have experience, you know, borrowing audiobooks from the library. Yeah, right. Or, and that could be digital ones or the, you know, CDs, physical copies. But yeah, it's hard to really imagine, like, if you're just jumping into the wide blue ocean of, I'm going to start listening to, I want to buy my own audiobooks yeah. now. What am I going to do? Audible seems to be the wide and obvious choice, but also they're advertising a lot now. They advertise with us. They advertise on TV. Yeah. Like well, there are a they're, million. They're owned by Amazon. So they're yeah. on Amazon. Like There's when you see the format to, choices. Yeah. 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 A million ways to find out uh, about Audible if you're a person who's Though looking. there are others, audiobooks.com, which mm-hmm. is, you know, they've done some advertising with us. They were a longtime sponsor of books on the nightstand. Um, that's right, one. Right. There's Downpour which is another one you can do. And also, I I don't know. I mean, so, the other thing that, that Audible does that some of the other audiobook people do is they do a lot of production on their own, even for mm-hmm. other publishers' titles. Um, so I know that uh, Audible provides the audio content or the audiobooks that you buy through iTunes come through Audible somehow. So I don't oh, know if they have some sort of, you know, they're, they're licensing it. And so iTunes is basically an Audible reseller. So if you're buying in one-offs, um, but you can buy audiobooks through Barnes and Noble. You know, there's some other things that are integrated. But as a standalone company like Audible is the 900 um, pound gorilla. Um, is it 600? Pound? I guess it doesn't matter. It's I a very large remember. gorilla. Yeah. Um, also, we have an updated number: 325,000 audio programs. So we're also getting away from the audiobook language, which is interesting. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so anyway, the, yeah, anything surprising to you there? Uh, 
man, that the billions of hours of listening is, mm-hmm. is amazing to me. The, the notable missing piece of data is how many active users were there. Yep. Yep. Like that, how many did it take? Um, I'm, cause I'm curious about that. We know that the number has not grown incredibly for audiobook users between 2014 uh-huh. and 2016, but I'm just, I want to know like how many people does it take to get 2 billion hours of content? listen yeah, to that's always the thing they do um i guess who oh scrib does the same deal it's like not, they read this many pages yeah which i guess we could kind of back it out like okay two billion hours the average audiobook is yeah but that's audiobooks not and, like podcasts and oh, you know right. there's that there's that random right. there's that yeah factor the channels too. thing and also okay, they so went we two billion hours from in 2016, which is up from one billion in mm-hmm. 2014. And my brain always looks for the missing data because yeah. what they didn't tell us is how much is up from 2015. Ah, right. We skipped a year right. in there. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe it's just that one to two is a nice, right. makes for that's, a nice lug that's line. That's a nice bullet point. But, you know, on maybe your was, word document. was it one, maybe it was 1.8 billion hours last year. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Hard to say. Yeah, someone um, decided this looked nicer. Yeah, and it does. It does. Mm-hmm. It's just it there's does. there's a meaningful ab- or a possibly meaningful absence uh, there. Okay, well that's what <laughs> we, we all really kinds went. Of on, today. We went really went on. Well, we both like audiobooks, and we have no data. <laughs> right. We don't know any data. Like I look at Publishers Weekly, and I get you know as as compromised as that data is. At least I know in the manner in which it's compromised. But the audio we get number of hours that that's our unit for mm-hmm. audiobooks. Uh, that's that drives me crazy, especially someone who likes and wants to promote audiobooks. It makes me nuts. Like, you know, this is what this is what Amazon does. Like, how many Kindles are there? I don't know. No, we, they could tell us, but they're like they, they do. And I read their quarterly earnings report and stuff. Like, yep. we sold this. We sold a bunch more Kindles, and like <laughs> it was this many more than we sold last year. But there's no there's no like the the Carti- like the map the, the the grid has no the, the no labels. <laughs> It's just like an it's just like a jagged arrow that's up and to the right. I'm like, great. <laughs> you want to talk about ebook pricing for a yeah, minute? Yeah, I know. I know. That part <laughs> makes me crazy. It's not like Amazon is struggling. Like if they tell us and it's like not a great number, it's like, oh, sell Amazon because they're not selling enough audiobooks. Like that's just not going to happen. Anyway, I needed something to get worked up about. Apparently, gotta... audio, the opacity in audiobook statistics, really? That's what set me off? That seems insane. It's a wild life you live, my friend. It is. It's a small, turbulent life uh, here. <laughs> Small it's a really good and sad memoir title. <laughs> Small turbulent life. <laughs> you, how about we uh, talk about a sponsor? Would you yeah, like to tell me sponsor. about our next sponsor? Yeah, let's talk about. Well, you know, this is a great. I mean, nice segue, me that I didn't know I was doing. A um, Playster. <laughs> Are you laughing still? A little bit. A maybe. little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm Playster is, is the world's first all-in-one entertainment service. It takes care of everything: ebooks, audiobooks, music, movies, TV shows, and games. So this is the. This is kind of the omnivorous app for entertainment. That you know, we kind of wondered this is the future, right? We're looking at screens all the time, and they're basically just pixels. What if you could just all put them in one place and get a whole bunch of stuff? Well, this is what Playster is doing. It gives you unlimited access to millions of titles for one flat monthly fee. That's right. They let you enjoy unlimited audiobooks and ebooks, <coughs> unlimited audiobooks with no restrictions or <coughs> credit systems. Um, the service is accessible through all web browsers as well as Playster, Playster's Android and iOS apps on virtually any device. What's more, the offline mode lets you save all of your favorites for on-the-go reading when there's no internet access. Sign up today to get your free 30-day trial. You go to playster.com and use offer code BOOKRIOT90, all one word, BOOKRIOT90, and that will give you a free 90-day trial. 
that that's I don't know if you, I'm bad at math, but I I did it, and that's three thirty days. So all, you know, depending on when you start, you could get three free months as it works. It's the only service that has unlimited streaming books and audiobooks with no credit system. Perfect for the holidays. You sign up for a twelve month membership, and you can get the free Playster Combo Box, which includes an eight inch Android tablet and headphones with a twelve month membership. So that's oh. pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Put that in the box. Um, that's Playster. Thanks to them for sponsoring the show. Remember, it's uh, Playster use. Offer code BOOKRIOT90 to get that free 90-day trial. Check it out for yourself. Where do you okay. want to go? Let's talk about Oprah. It seems because, soothing. That's yeah, good. Well, we'll we, go were t- we, were just talking, we were just talking about this. I mean, we were with a Jane, were, were we on the show? Yeah, with James yeah, Patterson yeah. and the uh-huh. imprints and all this stuff. And we're saying, who else? Right. Yeah. So we knew Oprah was getting an imprint. Yeah. I think next time that you like have a conniption, I'm just going to start reading tiny, beautiful things like okay. here on the air. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, That's fine. Fine, fine. So, yeah, it's going to be, everything's fine, Jeff. Yeah. Uh, we knew uh, Oprah. Is it? We, if we had the data, we could tell for ourselves if it was fine. Can someone just tell, please, just, I, I mean, need I a have regression to take on something. I have, to, I have to take their word for it that everything's fine. So, Oprah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm drinking tea. I'm trying to All right. Down. Just like put on some sort of psychic uh, flannel yeah. pajamas for a minute. Yeah. That's a great uh, show. Flatiron Books show title. announced that um, Oprah Winfrey has named her publishing imprint. It's going to be called an Oprah book. Um, we, I guess, did we, should we knew she was going to have an imprint and she has an upcoming memoir. The memoir is called The yeah. Life You Want. Um, that was a deal that was announced in December of 2015. So it's been just about a year since we started mm-hmm. to hear this and that she intended to publish the memoir as her imprint's flat flagship title. Um, so her memoir, The Life You Want, will be coming out in 2017. And now the calendar of releases for an Oprah book, The Imprint, is starting to come out as well. So she's going to launch with um, a cookbook called Food, Health, and Happiness on January 3rd. Uh, it is, let's see, who... Is it what? written by? Oh. It is written by Oprah. Oprah Never Winfrey's mind. cookbook. Yes, it's a little confusing, <laughs> right? It's her imprint. Is she writing everything? But she's not writing everything. Right. So anyway, uh, go ahead. Right. She's not writing everything, but she has been doing um, Weight Watchers recently. She's thinking about her relationship to food. The second book is by Maria Smilios. It's called The Black Angels: The Untold Story of the Nurses Who Helped Cure Tuberculosis, um, and that will be slated for release that in twenty. 20- awesome in 2018, doesn't it? So micro history tells the story of 300 black nurses who worked in the TB ward at Staten Island's Seaview hospital, caring for patients. Few would dare to be around. Yeah. That's Um, that's amazing. amazing. That sounds like an incredible story. So we're this year. Well, I'm just operating as if 2016 is over because what a garbage fire it's Mm. been. So here in 2017 where things are calm and Oprah pats you on the head, uh, we will get Oprah's memoir and her cookbook. And then in 2018, we will start to get books by people who aren't oprah on yeah. the oprah imprint and uh, oprah chose her own cookbook as one of her favorite things for 2016 now look i'm gonna Only get people I, I was gonna say not a lot of people get leeway but that's but that's that's the kind of goodwill she has right mm-hmm. like people she can pick her own shit uh for her favorite things we go yeah okay yeah you know i i, I, think, I believe you oprah i believe you oprah um oprah cookbook i mean that makes a lot of sense that's that's leading with the strength right there because mm-hmm. a long long chronicled um, battle is too pejorative of a term, but like public d- discussion of her weight and eating, you know, yes. for 30 years. Uh, mm-hmm. It's part of, I think, when people think about her is, is you know, her forthrightness about what she's been trying to do with her diet and health. Um, these are, That's going to sell a jillion copies. Like, that's going to sell a whole bunch of books. It absolutely what, the, the is. The Black Angels one, now that, 
that is an interesting in terms of just a sales perspective. You know, it's it's a micro history, medical history. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a very you know, it's it it's not like a grand narrative type Stephen Johnson thing, right? Where it's wide wide appeal. You're telling one story of these you know 300 black nurses at a, a Staten Island hospital, um, s- serving people with TB. Uh, that's you know, you wouldn't sort necessarily of, think that's a that's a huge seller. Yeah, but um, same wedge of the pie, I think, as like the Henrietta Lacks book, which was huge. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yeah, huge, I guess huge. so. Right. Um, you beat me this week in getting into our document behind the scenes for most anticipated releases of 2017. Mm, you got the Dan Brown claim, I did. so I'm just going to make the document for 2018. Oh, now. I see. That's your that's your version of clicking the link so you don't get quizzed. Right. Yep. It's to start I'm just up the, claiming it. This one's mine yeah. now for 2018 in the Black Angels. <laughs> so, and I guess the question just from the, the the very nerdy inside baseball side is, are these going to be Oprah book club picks oh. by definition? Like, or is there some other, you know, is it, does it need like a, a double eagle? You know, it's, like, like, it's an Oprah imprint and it needs to be picked. I don't right, know. Or like, will the book club cease to yes. exist after she has her own imprint? I think um, that would be a shame just in, in, I do too. because she presumably will want to highlight books that she didn't have any part of producing. I would hope so. Um, I, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like Oprah to do that to yeah, me, but I could be only, wrong. I don't know. Yeah. I guess the only way I could see that happening is if Macmillan had been like, you know, we don't want you as Oprah to promote books by other publishers. Yeah. Now that we have you here and but you're don't you think Oprah could have said, I books. do what I want. Yeah, I no, I, I but I was, yeah. I was just about to say, I don't think Oprah would sign yeah. that contract. Right. And if when you're Oprah, you don't have to sign that contract. Sign <laughs> like that what contract. publisher That's wouldn't right. be thrilled to have an Oprah imprint? Right. Uh, right. So right. I hope it continues to exist because it does great things mm-hmm. for books and readers love it to see that selection. It'll be interesting to see what happens to the book club, I think. And how many picks will there be? Like this year, there were two in the fall, very close to each other. Is there going to be another one like in February? Or are we only going to get them when she reads something that knocks yeah. her socks off and it's just sporadic? I, I want to know. Well, that's the other thing that's nice about the, the, the way the book club is now, at least, is she doesn't have to... I mean, is, is Oprah reading manuscripts? Like her own cookbook, that I get. Basically, she's mm-hmm. publishing her own books and like that's, a, that's an easy... F- like, how did she come across this book did she what was her did she have someone working at Flatiron who's like only her acquisitions editor or as part mm. of the acquisitions process at Flatiron which is part of Macmillan right yeah um yeah. over there in the Flatiron building which is why it's called Flatiron on 23rd Street and, and Broadway in Manhattan or were they like as they're looking through manuscripts is this would be something good for Oprah like it just kind of gets its own you know like journey Oprah's network is huge and so maybe yeah. Oprah knows Maria Smilios Well this is her first book I mean maybe but this is yeah. her first book too so who but, knows I mean who knows but maybe or she knows somebody who knows maybe she knows Maria Smilios's agent you know yeah. who knows and was like that's great I, I would like that book um right. Right, how right, this right. works we'll probably never get to ask Oprah how this works but maybe someone over there we at could, find a lieutenant that'll squawk would talk to us yeah, yeah. i think yeah. i know i know of one of the editors over there maybe we'll try to get some well info. i know we know some people in publicity yeah. maybe yeah, if, yeah. if anyone's listening that and i think i don't know if anyone at Flatiron does but i know some people in publishing listen to the show but if you happen to be a, a flack at uh, mcmillan or Flatiron and want to say something and can say something mm-hmm. you know we and don't want to reserve uh, me a copy of the black angel <laughs> yeah right, right that i won't share with jeff yeah yeah well one thing is that they're not hurrying the books along for oprah 2018. No. Mm-hmm. Come on. 
Well, know. these are also the ones that have been announced. So, like, well, that's what I mean. They, the stuff on the docket for 2019, 2020. But like, well, there could be a you know mid 2017 Would they do surprise. that? They're going to surprise us with one. They're not going to announce it now. That would be weird, don't you think? Uh, I mean, who knows? If yeah, anyone can know. pull off the Beyonce of book publishing, of like, mm. hey, guess what? This exists now, and yesterday you didn't know that you needed it. Uh, it's Oprah. Yeah, I, I feel like it just doesn't happen that way. Um, but maybe, <laughs> but maybe. Uh, already it suggests that you know because she's announcing a book that's coming out in uh, at the very least 13 mm-hmm. months. No, what's it? Fall 2018? Did it even say what? It doesn't time even of year? say. It just says 2018. Yeah, you know what? That's, that means it means September of 2018 is what that means. Um, okay. Where else are we going to go? Two imprints. We're going to push her. God, I can't talk about Trump. I yeah, can't do it. Nope. I can't do it. Some tell publishers me about, are rushing some books on him. The end. Yeah, the end. I, we can't talk about this stuff. Uh, tell me about Croatia. Okay, so Croatia. Um, <laughs> so Croatia. <laughs> that that's what you call it. That's what we call a pro segue. There is. It's not like we've done hundred and eighty something of mm-hmm. these episodes. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Um, okay, so in Croatia, they have debuted a new service that's powered by an ebook platform, which is called Total Books, B O O X, because you can't spell the name of a startup. You can't. You properly. can't do it. Well, or you um, can't get the URL, or someone's squatting on the URL, right? Right. That's the so the, the service is called Croatia Reads, and it's powered by this ebooks platform called Total Books, and it's unlimited reading without waiting. And it notes here in this piece from Melville House that this might not seem like a big deal, but if you've ever been stuck in your library's yeah. electronic queue to get God. a book. It is a game changer. Like because those queues can last forever. It's unlimited, so it doesn't have the restrictions that uh either like if you have Kindle Unlimited, you know you're restricted by which titles are available in that service. Um our dearly departed oyster, uh mm-hmm. you know, you were limited to what was available with Scribd. There are different Uh, limits on that so this is truly unlimited and it's funded by a combination a combination of government agencies and private donors Um, it's available the app is free it's available to locals and tourists and you can read any this is the kicker here Mm. you can read any of the top selling 100,000 ebooks in the world for free anywhere within croatia's borders that is that is an amazing uh amazing stat also i'd like to see that list Yes. Like, what are the top hundred best-selling books in the hundred thousand best-selling books in the world? I have no idea. That is a that's a. I mean, I guess it's like the Bible, and then ninety nine ninety nine. I mean, I don't even know where to go. I mean, I guess you go through your Rollings and your Tolkien's and whatever. Like, mm-hmm. but like, the, what a the top does the top hundred list? Like, what overlap would there be with the top hundred best-selling books? You know, yeah. on, on uh, BookScan. Well, that, you know, that you've just seen in the U.S. Presumably, a bunch of these top 100,000 books are not books from the U.S. or books originally published yes. in English, just yeah. given population density. So, I, yeah, I would love to see what this list is. Um, the app has been out half a year, so they're not sure if it's had an impact on book sales overall. Uh, uh-huh. That seems like a weird question to be asking. Like, you're, <laughs> there's 100,000 free ones, so why are we going to look at what it does to book sales? Um, and they in just Croatia? Know, I mean, is that enough yeah, to even right. make a dent if everyone um, in Croatia stopped reading? I mean, what, yeah. was it in the margin of error, probably, of book sales? In the uh, it notes here that the San Jose Public Library here in the U.S. did a trial with the Total Books platform 
reform earlier in 2016, and they did not continue the program, but there's no real further um, uh, information about that. But I love what uh, the project manager for Croatia Reads says about this, that this is the full democratization of the written word that sponsors support the noble mission, which is equally related to culture, education, and tourism, and to help spread knowledge everywhere, thus enriching society. Mm. Um, And for the dollar, you know, uh, making a hundred thousand ebooks free to anyone who wants to read them. Like that's nobody's going to read a hundred thousand books in their lifetime. No. Um, so you really could give someone a life, their lifetime's worth of reading for free through this program. I think that's very cool. So it's sponsored by it's, it, the, it's, uh, advertising government agencies. Yeah. And private Gover- donors, private donors. So it's, it's, yeah, it's, Interesting. Like, I wonder how many of the books I read in 2016 are on the list of 100,000. Mm. Because to me, it feels like it could be totally all of them or surprisingly few of them. Yeah. Right? It could go either way. So it's a little hard to know exactly what's on offer. Uh, it, I mean, it's very hard to know what's on offer. Um, if it was the top 100,000 selling ebooks in the U.S., mm-hmm. I would guess that I wasn't reading outside the top 100,000. But maybe, maybe not. I mean, like, that's an interesting question, right? Like how how well do the books you read this year, how well did they actually sell? Most of us don't know outside of the top handful, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and how does that compare to the the whole the history world, of books published yeah. in the world? Yeah. Because it does it really – does it – would it constrain you or not if you limited yourself to this list? I guess that's a question I'm trying to mm. parse out in my brain, right? Like would I have occasion to read off this list if this came to Oregon or the U.S. or, you know, whatever circle that I that would include me? Um, fascinating. Fascinating stuff. Uh, uh, if see. any of you listening happen to be in Croatia or you have access to some info, I would love to hear about this and about the book list. And I don't know. I'll have to check it out. Maybe you can download the app whether or not you're in Croatia. You can only use it uh-huh. in Croatia. So I'm going to poke at it and see if maybe I can like get the book list. Yeah, that would – I mean – if you're an, if you're a bookseller in Croatia though you don't like this do you I don't I mean maybe maybe again I, I maybe I'm overestimating like how much of one's reading life it could take like in the U S ebooks are only twenty five percent of the readers but if you get the top hundred thousand books for free boy it feels like that number would go up yeah, yeah but I if I, it it really would depend on how old on average the books on this list are because if you like front list you know is brand new and so has no sales history to crack it onto the top hundred thousand. But so mm. I guess what the floor is like, how many sales would you need to become like number 900 and yeah. Right. Ni- to get on the, to sneak on the list. Yeah, right. And it doesn't say over what t- temporal unit you have to be best. Is it, it's just best selling like of all time mm-hmm. right. or that's last what, yeah. year or uh, I thought it said best selling like, well, no, it, that's right. It just says best selling. It in says best selling in the world for free anywhere. Uh, interesting. A hundred thousand eBooks. Maybe we should move to Croatia. It's a lot of ebooks. Uh, no true. audiobooks, though. I have to keep my Audible membership. <laughs> I guess. I guess I have to go through that way. Um, okay. So that's well, Croatia. That's Here Croatia. is uh, our last sponsor this week, yeah. and then we can do a couple delights. Yes, we're, delights. We're, it's the Wait, holidays. Croatia we're... reads wasn't a delight. I that was kind of delight. A delight. I like no, that. it is yeah. a delight. It oh, okay. is a delight. Okay. The okay. final, like the final thing, I think is a super delight. Yes, um, right. maybe it's just me. But before we get to that, we'll talk about Storyworth. They are our sponsor this week, um, especially as we're here on the holidays. We're thinking about connecting with families, and Storyworth gives you a great way to still to stay in touch with them. 
And it's a new way to bridge geographic distances and to have lively topics of discussion. You get to learn about your relatives. So StoryWorth, you sign up and you uh, are you link your sign up to a relative or multiple relatives. It can be friends uh, that you want to hear stories from. And you enter a bunch of questions. They give you some suggestions for questions. Um, and each week, it will send your question to your designated relatives, friends, whatever. They will answer and write you their stories and send them back. Um, so you get one year of weekly story prompts sent out to someone that you love, and they send you back their answers. So then you can sort of preserve the memories. At the end of the year, StoryWorth creates a book, black and white, up to 500 pages. They print mm. a book that contains the prompt questions and then all the stories that your loved ones sent you. If they uploaded photos, those go in it as well. You can invite an unlimited number of people to receive the stories. So maybe like you've got grandma who has her lifetime's worth mm -hmm. of stories and you want to make sure that those get preserved for all of the grandchildren or the brand new baby great grandchildren or whatever. You could send her the questions. You can make her answers available to everybody in your life that you want to have them. Then you could get these books at the end and hold on to those for, you know, all time. Mm -hmm. You can save and edit your stories on storyworth.com. Your data is secure. Everything is private by default. If you want to open it up to share, you can, but that's totally under your control. Uh, this, I think, is a great gift for the holidays, for your loved ones, for people who love telling stories to each other. Um, and for uh, the show, we sometimes we get free things from the sponsors yes. um, when they want us to try it out. So I got to try out StoryWorth, and I chose to send my story prompts to Liberty. Oh, um, because, uh, right? <laughs> wow, yes. <laughs> um, Liberty Hardy here, uh, our very own at Book Riot, my co host on all the books, and a dear, dear friend. Um, we get to talk to each other all the time, but I don't know a lot of her stories. You know, we've, mm. we met each other in our 30s, and so she had lots of life um, before we knew each other. So I entered a bunch of questions. Some of them were the story worth prompts, and some of them were things that I wanted to know about Liberty. Um, and we've been doing this for about a month now where she answers them and sends them back. Um, so I got to ask, um, what was your earliest memory of reading? And uh, Liberty's mom was a librarian. So there were uh, always, you know, books around her home when she was growing up. She was always in the library. And she told me the story of how she doesn't really know the earliest, earliest memory. But she told me this, you know, these great sort of uh, flashbulb memories of being surrounded by books and what that has meant to her, how it definitely shaped her to be the uh, passionate reader that she is. And so I entered, you know, tons of questions. So for the next year, thank you, Story <laughs> um, I'm going to get to be nosy about my dear friend's <laughs> life and stories. And then at the end have a book about them. Um, and I, I thought that was really fun and neat. Um, you, so you can, you know, story worth focuses on families. And I do think that's a great thing at the yeah. holidays, especially, but a really cool thing to do. Maybe you're having, um, a friend anniversary. Uh, Amanda, our coworker had her 20 year friend anniversary with her best friend, Jackie last year. Um, they met like on the first day of kindergarten. And uh, so they celebrated that. If you've got a big friendiversary coming up, this would be a cool thing to do. Or maybe an anniversary with uh, your romantic partner. That would be kind of neat. Tell each other some stories that you haven't heard before. Um, so what you're going to do if you want to try this out, you go to storyworth.com slash book riot to subscribe and you'll get $20 off, which is $20 off the use of the service plus the book that you'll get at the end. Again, that's storyworth.com slash book riot gives you $20 off and 
and you get a year of delight of uh, asking questions and hearing stories from a person you care about. So thank you to them for sponsoring. So there's actually two que- there's two stories left in the 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 notes, and I'm mm-hmm. guessing it's the one that's about the the teen tech area. That's the one you find delightful. I was going to talk about the spider. Oh, okay. The, oh, oh, the spider. Wait, is that on there? Oh, I missed not? it. I ju- yeah, it is. I just I jumped the page. I jumped the okay. break. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So so tell tell me about this. This what this you find this delightful? I just think it's weird. <laughs> I think it's great. Well, it does look. I mean, you can see why. So yeah. Um. So basically, a new spider species was discovered in India, and it the spider is. Irioviccia gryffindori. <laughs> it measures just seven millimeters long and was named as such because it reminded this discovers the magical sorting hat in the Harry Potter books. And I'll and be it darned looks just like it. if it doesn't just look just like the sorting hat. It is weird. It looks like, like something if, someone photoshopped, like a jackalope. Yeah, it does. Like if you squint a little or if you, I don't know, you're listening to the show and you're a little tipsy and you yeah. look at this, like it. You would have to look twice to realize it's not just like the sorting hat sitting on a leaf. Mm-hmm. So the, the hat shape helps the spider blend in with dried leaves during daylight hours. Also, it's evolved to suck on the heads of children dressed up for Halloween, which I think is weird. <laughs> the world is filled with wonders. Um, that's, that's very, that's very interesting. Um, the Mumbai researchers discovered the new arachnid wrote its name was an ode from the authors for magic lost and found an effort to draw attention to the fascinating, but often overlooked world of invertebrates. I love this. It, it, it so pleases me. <laughs> Would you like to tell me about the teen tech thing? Well, that we can talk about that for next week. I just was, okay. I was guessing cause like a delightful, I was like, delightful seems strong. For me, uh, which I like this. I like this story, but delightful was a little bit strong. Well, I mean, my delight threshold is a little different. Than well, yours. the spider that looks like the sorting head, like that's that I, I would call that delightful, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so this story is, is cool. And a couple by the next one, this, I guess we'll wrap up uh, this show with this one um, today is you may or may not know that Andrew Carne- um, Carnegie um, was basically the patron saint of public libraries in America, constructing more than 60 public libraries across New York City alone. I mean, that is an insane mm-hmm. number. Um, and part of it is that this was a story, I don't know if we covered this on the show, but it, I think it may be made in the show notes, but we never talked about it, that originally libraries housed a live-in custodian, and they had their own apartment in these libraries, in part for climate control, um, oh. to keep to keep the heat up and down and the humidity and all those things and just protect the books. Um, so as the heating technology improved, though, you didn't need the guy to, to stoke the, the coal. Um, so these apartments fell into disuse, but a lot of these old libraries, these old grand libraries have these spaces and they're turning them now into different things. Um, and they were apartments, 32 of them once had apartments and these are New York, only a handful of the living spaces remain today. But one of them, the one in Washington Heights up in, um, uh, North Manhattan is being turned into a teen center. Cool. So we got $4.4 million for a renovation project. It's going to have Wi-Fi, sitting areas, um, after-school programs, media computer programs in general use. There's a facility and equipment for adult learners. Um, I just, this is a cool story. I like, you know, we like these stories about the evolution of libraries and weirdly have these dedicated non-book adjacent spaces, really. Um, and often we think about if it's not connected to the books of the library, then what good is it necessarily? But this is space is a, va- a space is a community asset. 
um, and, and transforming these spaces is pretty cool. Fascinating history. Mm-hmm. If really you're ever is. interested in the Carnegie stuff, I think there was a long New Yorker article. I know that you're all shocked that there was a long New Yorker <laughs> article about Carnegie Library stuff. But, um, but also there's a, a recent post, I think maybe Atlas Obscura. I can't remember who wrote this. Oh, Mental Floss, kind of in the, in the same vein, has a long piece on New York Public Library's secret apartments. Um, mm-hmm. Also sounds like the, a, a nice prompt for like a um, middle grade book. Like, yes. you know, the, 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 the secret library apartment or like a historical romance. Oh, oh, the custodian where, and the librarian. Yes. And like, you know, the young, the bookish young woman yeah. meets the, the library sort of custodian. rough and tumble working class guy who's in charge and of fire. Go up to his secret library yes. apartment. Right. And they um, crack some spines. <laughs> um, Oh man! What I don't work blue, you know me. That's that's there's no there's no entendre. That's a single entendre there. There's no double mm, entendre. Uh huh, Mister Innocent. Yeah. Um. So <laughs> let's move on. Oh, so I like that. So speaking yeah. of stories, we like. Um, I think next week. Yep. Next week we're going to do our year in review show where we talk about our our memorable, weirdest, um, most outrageous, most uh, endearing stories that we've covered on the show this year. Um, we will do ours, but we also like to hear from you. Like what stories that we talk about stick out to you, uh, that you remember as being particularly pleasing or frustrating, enlightening, um, or otherwise memorable podcast at bookriot.com. We'll get them there. Also this time of year, you know, it's not exactly us, uh, outside the, with the Salvation Army bell, but we do like to remind you that if you like the show, um, one easy thing for you guys to do if you want to support the show is go on iTunes and rate or review the show or both. Take a few minutes. Uh, it helps people find it in the show. It gets, you know, bubbles up to the top of the book, arts categories, things like that. Um, but it really does help us out if you'd like to do that. Um, easy way to support the show and, you know, show your appreciation for what we do and help us get a few more listeners, a few more dollars and things in that, in, that, uh, in that vein. So that's our show. Thanks to our sponsors, StoryWorth, Playster, Audible and Madison Reed. There'll be links to those sponsors and the other shows, uh, the other stories we talked about this week um, in the show notes. You go to bookriot.com slash listen. You can see all the podcasts we currently have going on there. You can navigate to this and back episodes of the Book Riot podcast. Go take a listen. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope it's, I hope it's um, as Christmassy and as holiday-y as you want it, wherever you are.